Thompson scores! TNT Tades Thompson drops it off. Dolene wants it. Five scores! Rasmus Dolene Tuck to seal it. Bad angle. Goal! Welcome, everyone, to episode one of the Goat Heads podcast, hosted by my good friend, Tony Silva. How's it going? By myself, Zach Loreso. We're here. It is Deal time. Deal with time. Fuck right. what you We're here. Episode one. Antonio, take us away. All right. So we're going to start off, you know, we're going to go over the Stanley Cup final. That's why we're starting now. It's a new season, season one, off-season starting. We'll take a look back this episode uh, just because, you know, nothing big has really happened. There's no big moves, big rumors. But, um, yeah, first episode, we'll take a look back at the season we just had. We'll take a look at the playoffs, the awards that went around, and everything kind of going around in the NHL. And then from here on out, we'll be full riding the Sabres train. So, uh, first off, talk about the Cup. Avs take it in six. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm not really surprised. Tampa played uh, Dallas in the bubble and a fluke, not a fluke Montreal team. It's never easy to get to the Stanley Cup, but Montreal, not comparable at all to the Colorado Avalanche, who steamrolled this playoffs. They only lost four games. Yeah, which says a lot about that team. It says a lot about the hard work that goes in on in that locker room, and I think the right team won. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Tampa's, you can tell they were gassed. They're injured. Um, they really want to see what, see what Pat Maroon said. I did not. He said the injuries that we're about to release are going to surprise a lot of you. So it is going to be – I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine. They've been here three times in a row. They've played it literally almost in an extra entire season compared to – the Sabres who have not played a single playoff game, but I think they've played like almost 82 games in the playoffs yes. in the past three years, something crazy like that's a whole nother season. And so they have not stopped. So a lot of wear and tear on the body. Yeah. In a contact sport. Especially in the playoffs where the physicality just takes a whole nother level. I'm very surprised they made it to the cup again, but at the same time I'm not at all. Just because as you can say they got that dog in them. <laughs> but no, they, 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 I don't know. Vasilevsky really carried, but there were games where he did not perform to his standards and that may have cost them because the team was not scoring as much towards the end of it. I think they only had one goal last night, but um, Stamkos yeah. in the first five minutes scores a goal and they don't score for the next they had shot on goal in like the first nine ten minutes of the third period. And they were down one, so you're not gonna win a you're not gonna win that game if you can't yeah. put they, pucks on they, that. They didn't go out and do what they had to do. And it cost them, but hey, hell of an effort, well, three cups in a row. It's an extra season. You know what? There's there's still a dynasty in my eyes. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't see them going anywhere. For the I next few seasons, or a bubble team win or whatever the COVID wins, they're just dealing with the same stuff as everyone else. So, 
So let's go over Tampa's path to the Stanley Cup, and then we'll jump to the Avalanche, the the winners, the rightful winners of the Stanley Cup. Tampa played the Toronto Maple Leafs and won it in seven. Toronto, a very hungry young team, They're... looking for a coping for a way out of the first round, and they cannot. They cannot. I don't know what well, they can't find it. They can't do it. They they took Tampa to seven, which is. It helps their case that Tampa went to the Cup final, and they're the two. So I think that will help Toronto fans a little bit with dealing with it. But that's got to (laughs) suck. I mean, like, would you rather be in our situation or theirs? Theirs. Yeah, me too. But (laughs) they have franchise player with sixty goals. But um, yeah, I'll take them, please. Yeah, but at the same time, it's just. Toronto, they'll catch their break unless they're just cursed forever. Then that'll be kind of funny. But if not, they'll figure it out. I mean, I think Matthews has two more years there. I could be wrong. Under contract, I think he has two or three. But I do not see him going anywhere. He is right where he is. He's going to Arizona. They're there to stay. That's the only reason they're picking up Austin. I don't think any hockey players should go to Arizona. No. I don't know why it is a franchise. I don't get it. I, I was like a, it. If I was a veteran right now in the league and I had a cup under my belt, I'd want to play for Arizona this year. Why not? You're, <laughs> you're playing in a college arena. That's like the only time it will ever happen. It'd be kind of fun. Like you already won. Why not? Get your money. Go play. Go play at Arizona State. I mean, I guess. But why? Why? Like what? It's not. There's no logic behind it. It's just like play in their division and go visit a few times a year. But I, oh my god, I cannot imagine putting on an Arizona Coyotes jersey right now and be confident in that team. Yeah, Connor Bedard is gonna love the college life next year. He's gonna light up ASU. True. Put them on the map. Could be a fun fan at- atmosphere, but let's I not get. So. I think like a bar stool will like really push it, and it, it, and it like could be too. They're gonna push Arizona, and they're gonna be like a wagon for no reason at all. They're just gonna be a favorite. Tickets not- are expensive though. They release the prices, and they look they're brutal. Yeah. No college kids gonna want to go to a Arizona game unless they're giving students do receive uh, like some money off for games, and they have like a certain section for them. But oh, yeah, yeah, they're doing a student section. Okay. I don't think they're still a reasonable price. But nonetheless, move on to round two. Round two, Tampa Bay plays the Florida Panthers. Wow. A team that uh, – the Battle of Florida. And I, me, including a lot of people, I don't know if it's you, I saw the Florida Panthers winning this series. I thought they'd be the team to knock off Tampa. Yeah, I really thought that – I mean – they were an absolute wagon this year. They obviously won the President's Trophy. That's first in the league. They're just a dynamite team. All four lines just score. That's all they do. They know how to score, and they got swept. That is crazy. Swept. I mean, Tampa, very good, obviously, but it did not seem like Florida wanted it. There was like a rumor before it was a game four. They're, they're out partying in Tampa or something like that. I don't know. Uh, they people talk. Maybe yeah. I mean I don't think if it's if people are partying, I don't think it's anyone in their top six or top four defensive group. 
probably some no-namers who might not even play the next game. But uh, moving on to round three, the Tampa Bay Lightning take on the New York Rangers and win in six games. And they have paved their way to their third consecutive Stanley Cup final. Yeah, that was the battle of the goaltenders right there. Shesterkin winning the Vesna and Vasilevsky, obviously. A playoff monster. A yeah. playoff monster. There's no there's no goalie like him in the I playoffs. That series was going to go to seven just because of the goaltending, but six is fine. I mean, I hate the Rangers, so that worked for me. Sorry, Rangers fans. We know we got a lot Sorry. of you in here right now. You. All right, and then – We'll go to Colorado now. The first round, they had – you want to do that? Yeah, first round, the Colorado Avalanche take on the Nashville Predators oh, yeah. and sweep them in four games because that's what a sweep means. It means you win in four games. Thank that was for explaining. I mean, Roman Yossi and Cal McCarr, I think, was like – I guess you can say like the battle there. But other than There that, was no battle there. It was, it was an uphill battle, but yeah. we'll move on to uh, – Round number two, where the uh, Colorado Avalanche take on the St. Louis Blues, and they win in six games. Five, six? Either or. I, Yeah, I don't know. But That was the battle of Bennington and Kadri. We had the moment where Bennington admits to throwing an empty water bottle at Nazem Kadri, being the uh, – I guess, I guess it's cool for some people if that's your thing, but uh, that doesn't really look too tough on uh, Bennington's part and him being a goalie, he will never have to answer for that because that's in the NHL. If you touch a goalie, you're legally obligated to attack whatever player just touched your goalie. So Jordan Bennington will get off scot-free. Yeah. I mean, that's all we'll talk about the uh, St. Louis blues. Bennington is just, he's not a guy I would want in my locker room. That's all I really have to say. Apparently he's like a quiet, like even killed guy off the ice, but, Sometimes on the ice, he's just like the biggest. I don't want to call him a baby. Not a baby. That seems like too e- Like I don't just a whiner. I don't know. I, I don't. It, this weird like psyching guys out with the maybe might hit you with my blocker. Then I'll skate off the. Yeah. It, it doesn't. I've never seen it. Maybe it's good for the game. Yeah, maybe Batman knows what he's doing. Maybe, definitely not. All right, and then they go into the next round. And they single-handedly destroy the locker room of the Edmonton Oilers. They send Connor McDavid on a downward spiral we have never seen the likes of. They sweep Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Connor McDavid, the point leader, still standing in the playoffs. Could he have won Unbelievable. The, even though he wasn't in the cup final? <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they didn't bring him out in like a suit and give him the trophy. Unbelievable what he did. And, uh, you got to feel that what what, I mean, you put Mike's nothing against Mike Smith, but you got the best offensive player the NHL's ever seen in decades. And you got Mike Smith backing him up in that. You, yeah. I I mean, you just got to feel bad for Edmonton and Connor McDavid. I mean, he's surrounded by nothing. I mean, Evander Kane had to come in and be their saving grace and, Evander Kane, everyone. Leon Dreisaitl playing with a high ankle sprain. That's that's no joke to play with. So he was playing on one leg most of the. He still was tournament. He was still. Yeah, he he could take three strides and make bumper passes to Kyler Yamamoto. Yeah. 
But unfortunately, that was not enough to. Uh, it just that just shows you how good Colorado was this this year. These playoffs, they were on, they were on one. Yeah. They really were. And then they move on to the final, which we all know Tampa winning six. Kale McCarr takes home the Conn Smythe. I I would say well deserved. I mean, he's twenty three years old. He's putting up those numbers in the playoffs. He wins the Norris this year, even though that's up for debate. But I think well deserved. I saw him with the trophy. I believe it. Yeah, he's he's gonna be around for a very long time doing these things, and he is now the blueprint for an offensive defenseman in the NHL. He will be what kids look up to. He will be the style that kids are taught to play like. And yeah, he's a modern day. Uh... Bobby Orr, Eric Carlson, Lidstrom, like this, this the progress of a defenseman. He's he'll, he'll be in the Mount Rushmore of defensemen. I, I'd say. I, I mean, take take my word for what it's worth, but it's only his third year in the NHL. I'm already saying that. So, I mean, he's put he, he's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable uh, player and great for Colorado. Yeah, I really wanted him that year, but we got what Casey. can you do? We got the mitts. Yeah. Sick mitts, starring Casey Middlestat. Um, the Stanley Cup is dented. Yeah, Nicholas Abe Kubel takes a spill for the picture, dents the Stanley Cup. What can you do about it? it, it mistakes happen. He's happy. His his adrenaline was probably through the roof. He's holding the Stanley Cup. He's taking pictures. He he slips and falls. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. Not nice. fix it. It's on ice. You're on ice. You skate. <laughs> you skate with a forty pound trophy. Get over it. It's been dented before, right? It had to be. In some, Probably. Not during the like, ceremony, but like it, each player gets a day with it. I'm, I'm assuming some things have happened to it. Gronk been... used the Lombardi trophy as a baseball bat yeah. and put a baseball-sized dent in the Lombardi trophy. So, <laughs> oh. It's good for the game. It'll grow the game. Everyone likes denting trophies. Yeah. It's good for the game. And a the little of hockey. The ceremony, real quick. Ceremony was great. You can't beat it. There is no sport that does it like hockey in the NHL. They Each player gets a turn with this, starts off with the captain. They hand it off to Eric, Eric Johnson. Well-deserved <laughs> for, for him. Say, 14 years there. Good for him. I'm happy for him. There was a picture of him. I saw him waking up with the cup in his bed. That's <laughs> but, oh, they, they, I cannot imagine the night they had. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's all we really got for that. Just a cup. What else is there really? Boring. Don't care. Don't talk care. about the Sabres. They didn't talk about the Sabres like once last night. And yeah. there's so much to talk about. We are literally the best team in the NHL. We're not being talked we're, about. We're probably going to win a Stanley Cup soon. So talk about that. I don't want to talk about Colorado this, Colorado that. I can't wait for I'm over it. So they won. Cody. Move on. Yeah. Move on. All right. Okay. Captain next year is Kyle Poso. This is a hypothetical. It's a probable hypothetical. It's a we fact. win the cup. Poso gets the cup. Okay. Who does Kyle Poso hand the cup off to? Zem Giskerigansons. If he's yeah, let, let's say it's the same roster we have right now. Is Gert, yes. Okay. Who yeah. does he pass it to? <laughs> Who's been here the longest? Akposo? I don't think it's on tenure. I think they'd give it to, like, who wins the Conn Smythe? 
I I would probably say I feel like under or yeah, I go Jeff Skinner. He's gonna bury a ton of goals. He has not played okay. a playoff. I think he has the longest streak without a playoff game. Like active. Oh yeah, he was on Carolina when they were just not good. Yeah, and then he came here and <laughs> he joined another team that was worse. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he signed an eight year deal. I mean the money. That, he that. probably thought he'd be playing with superstar center Jack Eichel, but that was very naive of him. You're on the fourth line. We paid you $9 million to play on the fourth line, pal. So put a smile on and go play with Vladimir Sabotka. Or sit in the box. Or get scratched. That's what happens if you're not good enough. Clearly Kruger knew what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe that system didn't work out. You know, we're, we're going for the whole damn thing, like Bagula said. Whole damn thing. Taylor Hall. What else do you need? A culture? Oh. Fuck the culture. We got Taylor Hall. Yep. It was right there. It was rigged. Rigged. Probably rigged. All right. Now that we're on the topic of the Sabres, let's get to them. Um, they finished last year 32, 39, and 11. They had 75 points, making them fifth in the Atlantic, 11th in the East, and 24th overall in the league. Um. We would have made the bubble playoffs a few years ago. That is true. I think we would have been in the play-in. It was 24 teams. Yeah. And there was only 31 teams at the time. So literally seven teams didn't make it. We didn't make it. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Can't cry over spilled milk. (laughs) But, but, I mean, they definitely – I don't want to say beat expectations because – the record isn't too flashy, but we didn't – I don't think – if you told me before the season we'd finish out of the bottom five, I'd believe you. So, good for them. It was a good year. It was a fun year. Very fun. You yeah, I was just going to say, I wouldn't believe you if you told me we were going to have a fun year. Yeah. Like, I mean, this much fun. Like, this much, like, locker room behind the scene, like, mic'd ups every week. Those were great. We didn't really get those in the Eichel era. So, just seeing, like, the behind the scenes, the – a lot of great locker room moments coming to the Heritage Classic dressed as the Flint Tropics. Oh, yeah. It's great. Perfect. What else are you going to do? You couldn't hate them. You can't you hate can't, You can't hate the Sabres. The whole This beat. year, unless you're a miserable middle-aged man on Twitter, then you can hate the Sabres for something. I, I don't know. I feel I'm like the whole, once Tuck got here and the Eichel game happened is when I feel like they caught fire. They really, like, went with it. They took advantage. They were having fun. They were beating good teams. It was fun to watch. It was good hockey for the most part. I mean, they still had Cody Eakin on the ice sometimes. So, but guy well, can win a faceoff. You can win him. I'll all. tell you what, that guy can win a faceoff. But I mean, to the most of their success, you have to give a lot of credit to the guy we're about to talk about, Tage Thompson. Holy cow, he's an animal. Yes, a pterodactyl, as some people call him on Twitter. But, yeah, yeah, and pterodactyl expected Buffalo. Yeah, you know, that's one of those words that uh, a lot of hate to go off topic like knife, knife starts with a K, not an N. Oh, yeah, uh, pterodactyl starts with a P. Who would have thought? Who, who spelled like who's making that? It? That's crazy to me. I don't yeah. know, I would have spelled it with a T, definitely, but yeah, and then it would have worked better with Tage, Tage, pterodactyl. Yeah, they missed out. That's all I'm saying. We'll get off the pterodactyls in the dictionary, whatever you had to do back then. But 
Yeah, breakout season for Tage. 38 goals, 68 points in 78 games. No one saw that coming. I mean, he was projected to be a third, fourth liner on this team. Probably not expect to even be here that long. He was someone that a lot of people want to just get rid of, forget about. But they, Granado put him at center, and that did a lot. That immediately made him the player he is now. He became a scoring machine. His shot was finally put to his advantage. And just def- shoot it. That's what he told him. Just shoot it more. Okay. Center was his yeah. natural position. And Granado's like, yep, we're going to try it this year. And fans did not like that at first because when that happened was right after we drafted Jack Quinn. Or was it Jack Quinn? I don't know. But they were mad that we drafted Jack Quinn over Marco Rossi or Anton Lundell. Because, like, if you wanted a center, you could have got one of these guys. But instead, you're putting your right wing third liner as your first line center. But he proved everyone wrong. Granado knew what he was doing. Good for him. Very happy for Tage. Yeah, right. and what a great center to have. If you can have a great first-line center, might as well what is six five and can shoot yeah. the puck on the move in a space of a net this wide. Like, it, perfect. Great. I'll Def- take it. I have a prove it, do it again year this year. It's his contract year coming up. Anyone can have a fluke yeah. year. Let's see him do it again. I, I, I'm not saying I'm doubting him, but I, I got all the faith in him, but do it again. Yeah, do it again. Get your money. We have it. Do what you got to do. Pay the man. We got we got the cheddar. That is true. All right. Go, and be, the, the, go up, be the mouse. We'll talk about Jeff Skinner with a resurgent year of 33 goals and 63 points in 80 games played. And a big thing about that is 80 games played. Skinner is usually known for having like concussion issues. So good for him. I was able to get 80 games in, basically play the whole season. There was no Kruger curse. He was able to play on the first line. Netting, he had 33 goals. I believe is it thirty three goals or sixty three points that he like has plateaued at like four times or like sixty three points. He hits like sixty three points every other year. Yeah, this year he got that and he has not beat it since. He has tied it. He can hit it, which is fine. I'll take a sixty three point score every. Happened with the rest of this contract after he had like a combined ten goals the past two years. He does that. Sure, I am beyond happy. Fuck it, I'll double his contract if he can do that again. 18. We were paying him nine for like 10 goals. I mean, yeah, we can do it. All right. Next up, Rasmus Davlatis. Rasmus Dahlin. 13 goals, 53 points in 80 games. Hell of a season for him. He started off kind of wonky, I guess you can say. Did not look very good at first. And then as the season progressed, he definitely, his game progressed. He was definitely, he mentioned he stopped looking at like social media and all that stuff and Really had, like, mental problems with that before, and it helped not paying attention to that. And another thing is he moved to the right side, pairing with stud defenseman Matias Samuelson. What a pair. What a pair. Yeah. You can hate that. But, yeah, great season for Raz. 53 points as a defenseman. Good for him. And I feel like he's only going to get better from here. He's definitely maturing. He's becoming more of a leader, too. Um I mean, I know Acapulco is going to be the next captain, and then after that, it's going to be the debate for Tuck or Darlene or Cousins. So we'll wait till then to deal with that. But Darlene definitely looks like he's maturing and taking a voice in that locker room, which is all you can ask for. After yeah. I, I really look at this team as a, a brand new team. Like I'm not. I don't want to judge anyone based on 
the past five years. Uh, I think yesterday was the anniversary of our Jack Eichel draft. And from then on, it was mismanagement. I yeah, Yes, there could have been some locker room stuff with Jack. There's talk, there's hearsay, there's all this. But mismanagement is number one. The GMs that we had in, the coaches we brought in, the trades we made. It, it, this is a new this is a new Buffalo Sabres. I just pretend we rebranded. Everyone's that was Darlene's rookie year to me. Second year, whatever you want to call it. That that was his coming out party. And a lot of those guys that were caught in the mud with all the Eichel stuff, they need to shake that off and let it go. And I think Don, Don a lot of this goes to Don Granado getting them to shake this off and let it go and move on as a team. Yeah. They're becoming I, something else. What Don Granado has done so far, I'm very impressed. We'll get more into him later, but he's definitely shown he has what it takes so far. I mean, you you can only go up from here, hopefully. And if he can do that, then I feel like he's succeeding. Next up, we'll get into our favorite restricted free agent this offseason, Victor Olsson. He finishes with 20 goals and 49 points. In 72 games, and having 20 goals, he did not score a single goal from Halloween to February 15th. That was due to a very obvious wrist injury. He did not look like himself. And Olsson, I don't want to really shit on him as a player, but his whole game is like shooting and scoring. I mean, he's not very good defensively. He doesn't really bring much else. He's just a stud on the power play or in the offensive zone, but when you're when the one thing that you're like known for, just solid at, and you're just not very good at everything else, you're gonna get talked about. And obviously, he had that injury, but I mean, it's hard to shoot without a wrist, definitely. Twenty goals still without scoring for that long a time. He missed ten games, had almost fifty points. Good year. I mean, with the contract this off season, according to Chad Dieterminis from Expected Buffalo, he says that. It's not likely he returns, so I'm expecting a trade. Um, yeah, I mean, get what you can. I mean, you got Jack Quinn coming up, but you can't promise Jack Quinn's going to not just have a cold streak like he did in the playoffs or just going to be immediate impact. So, I mean, Olsen's shot is like it's one of a kind. You don't really – we haven't seen anything crazy like that. I mean, from, like, an outside of Jack Eichel. Like, his shot is absurd, what he can do with that puck. So, it's a talent that if you're getting rid of it, you better be bringing something back in because he that holds a lot of value. Goal scoring, It's a goal-scoring league. I wouldn't mind to see a little bit of a one-for-one, one, maybe a little sweetener pick for, uh, say, Jesse Pugliarvi, the Edmonton Oilers. We'll get into that. We'll get into like trades later, but yeah, we're gonna get into absurd rumors that hold no weight or value. Yeah, we are gonna. We think would make the team cool. Yeah, we're just gonna. That start. probably won't happen. They Horrible definitely. takes, the worst takes coming yeah. up. It's very right after the break, right after our ad, we got an ad. We don't have an ad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, Dad Kyle Ocposo, twenty-one goals and forty-five points. In 74 games. What a season for him. He had over 20 goals. That's the best season he's ever had as a Sabre. I mean, all around. Until his captaincy next year. Yeah. I mean, you 
read the articles. You've seen, you've heard what the players had to say about him. I feel like he's the perfect guy to be in this locker room right now. He's a cancer in the locker room. Nobody likes him. They hate him. All the young guys hate him. Yeah, it's just a complete joke. He's terrible. He's an a- he's such an asshole. Yeah. Ran Eichel out of town. For real, yeah. Oh, this is a joke, by the way. No, it's breaking the serious. breaking the fourth wall. We're being, <laughs> we're being funny. But, yeah, the things he was doing with in the community as well, the whole Rick Jenner at night when he came out, carried him on the – no, was that Tuck and Eakin? That it was, was- – I- it was Tuck and Eakin, yeah. It was, it was Tuck. It was a big part of that. Akposo is just he's, – he's just everything you need for a young team. He's the perfect leader. He he's Just give him the C now. Just announce it. Announce that in the go ahead at the same night. Just do it. It would be good if they announced it now because then we could talk about it on the stream and they would clip it and put it on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kevin, if you're watching, announce it. Yep. Go ahead. We're not afraid. Do it. Tag us. Yep. Make right. us an insider. Moving on from uh, to Dylan Cousins. I'd say decent year for Dylan. He had 13 goals, 38 points in 79 games. He had very high expectations going into the season. I mean, he was the next savior to some fans. I mean, it was his second year in the NHL. But, yeah, he had – just under 40 points next year. I'm kind of hoping he has his breakout year. He's at least I'm hoping at least 50 points, maybe near 20 goals around there and really fixes two way game. I mean, it's already pretty solid, but he can get a lot better. Um, I mean, another thing is with Tage having that breakout season, I think it saved Dylan cousins a little bit from getting a little bit of heat from the fans as it was like maybe a little bit of distraction, but not a bad year. He's had a had a good year. Playing he play, I Tim and uh Kyle Poso were on a line together. I do like them together. That's a good mix of speed and durability with Akposo. Akposo is a very for, he plays the game straightforward. He's going through guys. Dylan Cousins plays a very uh our end to their end speed game. He brings the puck and he's great at transitions. It yeah. I I can see him having a, another breakout year. I consider this year a breakout year and just like a getting settled in year because everyone's playing a new system. And not even that, his career, his first year was there were no fans in the building due to COVID. And then his second year, there were no fans in the building due to their performance. So, I mean, it's been a very odd career so far for Dylan Cousins and all of these young guys. They've all been through the same thing with COVID. And it's, it's going to be an adjustment for sure. It's a strange time to be a professional athlete. Yes, especially. And then you've got 40 kids on Twitter calling you a donkey. Lost. <laughs> well, another thing is uh, Cousins played with a possible future teammate in Pierre-Luc Dubois at the Canada World's Tournament. And possible. Possible. Actually, Highly possible. It's a rumor. Probable. I hear things are heating up right now, actually, but – we um, should get a board. We should get a board behind me, and we'll write possible, probable, impossible. If we want to go with the other end of the spectrum, and just write down all these names we're saying, then we'll yeah. cross them off as we go. Yeah, because we're gonna hit on a lot of them, probably all of them. Yeah, we'll get more into PLD later, but he is something that, as a fan, I would very much enjoy. All right, salivating next- to get my hands on a PLD. <laughs> Next up, we got our 
new face of the franchise, some people call him, our Lord and Savior, Alex Tuck, finishes the year with 12 goals and 38 points in 50 games. He made an immediate impact on this team, not only on the ice, but off the ice in practice within the community. He was immediately a favorite, talking about his favorite Sabres memories from growing up, so... Oh yes. God, that was that was so easy for him. All he had yeah, to say, I was, I was like, oh, "We know them!" Oh my God, <laughs> he knows the Sabers. Yeah. Oh yeah, the immediate not Jack Eichel, and uh, the narrative at the time was we screwed the Pagula screwed up Eichel. As soon as Tuck started mentioning Sabers and wanting to be here, we forgot that. I, I don't even <laughs> remember his name. I I don't even care. Yeah, number nine, I think number nine or something. I don't care. I'm, I'm over it. Nobody. But, yeah, he brought a lot of fun to this team. I mean, it's something we have not seen in a long time. Yeah, all the players talk about him. He's a great guy. Brings him all big, up. Big, strong athlete, big, strong hockey player. And he started off for the Sabres, too. He was well over a point per game. And then it, he kind of slowed down, went back into reality after a little bit. But, nonetheless. I think an like, assist or two assists in his debut game. Against the Devils? Yeah, I believe so. I know he had one with Thompson, maybe another he, one. It, it was a deflection. I thought it was Tuck's goal. Yeah, that was a fun game. To we were at that game a few rows up for the first Tuck point. So, And J.J.'s first game, too. He sadly didn't get any points, but uh, that was – And Ethan Prowse. We were at Ethan oh, Prowse. We saw the legend Ethan yeah. first NHL goal firsthand. So. Who we'll get into later. We got a lot to say about Ethan Prowse and <laughs> expectations for him this season. Yeah. Hi, we got we got high expectations for him. Yes. All right. Next up, we'll talk about the other addition in that package. Peyton Krebs finishes the year with seven goals, twenty-two points in fifty-seven games. I mean, his technically rookie year um, scored his first NHL goal with the Sabers. His passing is elite. I it, it is very good, especially for a rookie. It is. Insane. I, I remember his uh, assist to Tuck against the Bruins. That was an absolute beautiful pass into the slot for Tuck to rip that in. But, yeah, um, but at first Peyton Krebs was hot out the gate. But you, after a little bit, you start to notice, like, yeah, it's his rookie year. Yeah, he needs to work on some things. He's not – I don't want to say not ready, but he, he definitely needs to – fix some things if he wants to stick around here for a while. Yeah, and he was in the American League playing with Quinn and Paterka, so I, I kind of bunched them all up together. So ne- ne- next year's the – this this is showtime. It's either you perform and you're a part of this team for the long run or uh, we'll be considering where, where, where you are from now on. Maybe Peyton Krebs is top-line winger. Maybe he's second-line center. Maybe he's – who knows? Next year is is the coming out show for a lot of these guys. Yes, we'll definitely get into that too. Uh, next up, we got Rasmus Asplund. He quietly had a good year. He had eight goals and twenty seven points in eighty games. But he, he is was our leading scorer for the very beginning of the season. I think he had uh, fair enough tied for the most goals. Yeah, but, he, uh, he played for uh, Sweden's tournament or world's team. He had six goals in like five games. And no assist, which I thought was pretty funny. But um, absolute stud defensively. He is uh, he got a Selkie vote from uh, a St. Louis Blues reporter. So 
he was up there. His name's now out there. I mean, good for him. He deserves it. But uh, next year, I'm hoping we get a little more production out of him. But him defensively is solid. I mean, you can either stick him fourth line, third line. You can play him with, like, a struggling forward, like a Middlestat or Krebs, who are not as good defensively, and they would blend well together. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But Good penalty killer to have around, too, definitely. Definitely need that. All right, next up we got Matias Samuelson. He had no goals, but he had 10 points in 42 games. Uh, stud. He's just a giant stud. And he seems like the funniest guy. And then the whole thing with him going to Quinn's first game, wearing the jersey and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. as uh, the hangover for Halloween. This guy just seems like he's a blast. But, uh, yeah, uh, when he was first drafted, fans were not happy. Uh, I believe he was the first – pick in the second round by Jason Botterill of a uh, – I forget what year. Maybe Darlene's year? Maybe the year after. No, I believe it was Darlene's year. But, yeah, he – people were kind of worried that his skating kind of lacked. And he's kind of slow. But he he looks solid. He looks really good. He's played big minutes against big names, and he's proved that he can handle it. So. Good for him. I'm very excited for what he's going to bring in the future. Um, he was supposed to play some playoff games with the Amherst, but he had, a, I think it was a ankle injury or foot injury, and it kept him out for the playoffs. So who knows what would, have, what would have happened if he was on that run with the Amherst. But, yeah, good season for him. Definitely. I agree. Couldn't say it better myself. All right. Next up, we got the Vinny Hinestrosa guy. <laughs> he just he I mean I like him. I don't I like him too. I think he's a dime a dozen though for his kind of player. I mean I think uh, thirteen goals, twenty five points, sixty two games. He was definitely he had his streaks, he had his silent streaks, he he was nice in the lineup, he fit well, he fit with the culture and what they're trying to build, but it's like you could find a Fidihina Strohs anywhere in this league if you really wanted. I mean, no offense to him, but anyone can get a one-year deal and do that again. So, and I don't. I think him on this team next year would just be taking a spot away from our young guys. So, if yeah, that, that's something we'll have to dive in more. The um, the scarcity of spots there are actually available for these guys, and who's going to play where, and centers playing wing, and. Yeah, Pterodactyl's a- playing center. It's just – it's going to be – it'll be tough for Kevin Adams and Granado to put a good balance of young and veteran talent and proven talent. It's, it's going to be a tough uh, tough adjustment, but I, yeah. I'm very excited and very uh, optimistic about this season. If there is a way for Vinny to come back in a way where he's the 13th forward place for any injured players, I'm all for it. But you already stacked that offense as well. Also having some guys in Rochester who are probably more than capable of taking that. So, I mean, we'll see. But other than that, good, decent season for Vinny. It was a good proof of year for him. We'll see what happens. Drink some water, dude. Jesus Christ. I don't have any water. God damn it. (laughs) All right. Start it over. Next up. You want to go? Huh? Huh? All right, next <laughs> up, Casey Middlestack. 
He finished the year with six goals and 19 points in 40 games. Pretty sad to say the least. I mean, obviously not all in his control. He had a pretty bad injury, missing almost half the season. He did not look like himself, especially from like the end of uh, COVID year under Granado when he first was in. What is himself? Like, I don't know. He is looked- he? Put your earmuffs on if you're listening. I don't want him anymore. I don't. What is himself? He'll score one goal where it's like, oh, wow, what a deceptive shot release. Wow, great. I de- we've never seen him perform consistently. He's injured. I'll give him that. He's injured a lot. But that's a knock on a player in some cases. He's young. I, he, he's not that young. That he's is, not that young. At some point, he's going to get the, the – At Nolan some point, he's going to get old. <clears throat> or he's going to get like a one-for-one one for another struggling player, or you can package him. But Jesse Pugliarvi. Please. But, I mean, I think if I'm Kevin Adams personally, I'm not trading him this offseason only because hopefully he has a decent year and you can get the most value out of him. He still was like a eighth overall pick, seventh. Yeah, so, and he was the favorite to win the Calder that year. Yeah. Which consisted of the likes of Elias Pettersson, who yeah. also had a str- who struggled this year. But Vancouver, I, I I'm yeah. not well versed on the topic to discuss. They're talking about trading JT Miller, and he's their best player by a lot. So whatever you guys want to do, have fun, with Tyler Myers. Um, but yeah, middle Tyler. <laughs> he he definitely struggled. Uh, he looked a little lost. Pretty, he's not really a speedster, so he wasn't really bringing much to the table. I mean, I'm bored of him. Bring yeah. me something new. I don't. I honestly don't mind moving him this season, just because of what we said earlier. If you can There's get not a lot of spots, there's just, just too many young guys who need to prove it. Where I think if we're cutting one, it's it's right now Casey. And if he proves us wrong, oh well. Oh boy. Oh boy. But uh. We've we've done worse in the past, giving teams their future Con Smythe winners and Vesna nominees, and so we're used to it at this point. Why not? Why not? Who cares? All right. Next up, we got the Joker, Henry Yokiharu. Very, I would yes. say, disappointing season. Three goals, nineteen points, sixty games. The one thing with Henry Yokiharu, he is, has not seemed to improve at all since he first. Put on the Sabres crest. Um, it's like he struggles a lot. I mean, they gave him the big responsibility of playing Owen Power, which, I mean, he did not do bad doing. I mean, if he did pretty good doing that, but kind of a bold move, in my opinion. I mean, if there is a way to completely revamp the right side of your defense this offseason, I'm all for it. I feel like Yoki Haru definitely has some value. He was a first-round pick, or was he? Yeah, he was a late first-round pick by Chicago. He's a right-handed defenseman, which alone is higher value just because the scarcity of so. But, yeah, I mean, he did not look very great this year. And I was really hoping he'd turn into a stud to pair with Darlene, but he makes players uh, on his line or his pair worse. So the numbers compared with him and Darlene and Darlene without him, Darlene was much better without him. So, eh, oh, well. And we'll kind of just skim through the rest of these guys. Uh, we got Gergensons. I don't understand how he's still here. He's been through it. for the guy. You gotta... He's been, I think he was here for Ron Rolston. 
that says enough. <laughs> he had 10 goals, 18 points in 56 games. He he's he's just he works. I mean fourth line. He's out the, some he's flying into players, he's giving it his all. I mean he's n- nothing insane, but like the Latvian locomotive. That's what he is. But he's an all-star. He's a he's an all-star. He's a he's a what else did he win? He's a he's a fucking uh He's a he's an all star. <laughs> he is an all. What what else could you ask from for the guy? I mean, we got it all. <laughs> all right, next up, well, real quick, Colin Miller. What a weird season for this guy. Two goals, fourteen points, thirty eight games. My only question for Kevin Adams is why did you not deal him at the deadline? He played maybe two games after. I know he was injured beforehand, and you probably weren't getting that first round pick you asked for. Probably a fourth round tops but if you're gonna keep him around play him i mean you're playing jacob bryson that guy is not good <laughs> we'll get to him too but like him and yoki haru are struggling players on this team you could have had miller fill in i know he's not the greatest but i understand you didn't want to ruin the culture but he wasn't even playing so moving them at the deadline for a fourth just seems redundant. <coughs> the amount of draft picks we have, we have three first rounders, two yeah. second rounders. We have eleven two. picks this year. We have yeah, we have eleven picks. What eleven to twelve is not a big difference, especially with the caliber of player you're getting for a fourth, fifth round pick. We have thirty total draft picks in the next three drafts, which is yeah, thirty human beings you're going to add to this organization. So. Yeah, it's going to get full. We're going to be loaded with prospects. All you got to, if you can hit like three to four of those mid round picks, nice. It's worth it. You get a couple more tricks just stacking up on the picks. So you can make them work. If you turn into a team like a Carolina or a Tampa and you're hitting these mid round picks and they're becoming solid players for you and you can bring them in and bring them out and they move on and make a ton of money somewhere else, then you just bring in someone else. Sure, I'm all for it. Uh, next up, we'll, we'll do Bryson. Uh, you you had a good quote on Bryson, and that's all we'll talk about Jacob Bryson. I don't know if you remember it. I remember it Offensive if you don't. Offensive defenseman that can't provide offense is how I describe there you go. Bryson. He, Offensive defenseman who can't score. He is a good skater. What are you? But very fast, very elusive, but I just don't see I him. I don't see him yeah. playing many games as a saber. I the offseason to package him or get what you can for him. Move on. It's only five eight too. He's a very small defenseman, which has value. Get the value because he's not. Anything. I don't know what value you're bringing in with Jacob Bryson. Maybe if you bunch him with a pick, which we're fully capable of doing now. Just you can definitely these Bryson's and Bryson's and middle stats with these picks that we have stockpiled and send yeah. them on their merry way. Bryson had one goal and nine assists in 73 games. So he had 10 points, 73 games. So, oh, well, I mean, yeah. Moving on, Cody Eakin, four goals, 12 points in 69 games. <laughs> I'm talking about Cody Eakin. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll go there. We'll get there. I mean, he brought in the Flint Tropics idea. So, locker room guy. Yeah. Personality. He worked for what we had. I mean, right. Fit in the culture, seemed like a fun guy, mullet man, mocking Eichel at uh, 
the face-off draw when Eichel's return. That was pretty great. A little neck roll. But, um, yeah, horrible player. Never want to see him again in the Sabres uniform. Yeah. I scratch him. Keep him as a of a third. Keep him as like a thirteenth, fourteenth forward. But uh, no, I don't want again. To. Not not enough room. You can't. I'm not watching JJ Paterka and Jack Quinn get scratched or playing that Rochester. They're too good for the AHL. They don't look like AHL players. They look like guys who are too good to play in the AHL. It's yeah. not fair for Cody Eakin to take one of their spots or Vinny Hinnestros or any of these guys we've previously mentioned who are on these expiring deals. There's not enough room. Sorry. <laughs> All right, next up, Mark Pissick, three goals, 12 points in 68 games. Um, at first, he was actually pretty impressive. Um, defensively, I actually really liked him. He worked out. But as the season went on, his game kind of lowered, I guess you can say. And then I feel like coaching and management kind of – Saw that he started getting the scratch treatment towards the end of the year, but he seems like a great guy. Everyone loves him in that room. If you want to bring yes, him back, seventh defenseman, sure, I'm all for it. I mean, he's he's not like he's bad, but it's not like he's good either. So, right, defensive, no. not horrific. So, it's better than what we've seen. All right, next do up, want to talk goalie? Do you want to talk goaltending now? Yeah, let me just get these last two guys out of the way. One's kind of important. Anders Bjork, five goals, eight points, 58 games. Disappointing season, part of that Taylor Hall trade. At the end of last year, after that trade, he kind of looked like promising in a way. But, uh, yeah, this year was not a very unnoticeable, almost invincible. It's taken a roster. Homie was invincible. Yeah. And then finally, with our new, newest edition, our young sweet boy, Owen Power. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Two I goals. forgot about Owen Power. Yeah, I know. Great. Two goals and assists in his first eight games, and I was very impressed. I was expecting him to come in here and, you know, show that it's his first NHL games. But he looked one of the, like a seasoned veteran. He just looked One of the best skaters I've ever watched. Oh, my God. The way he moves at that size is unbelievable. Like, that draft, Maddie Beneers and Owen Power was like the debate, even William Eklund. But yeah, I, Willie Eklund. Everyone wanted to maybe take a shot at him at first. Yeah. But, but I feel like – We made the right pick. I, for right now, as of right now, we still got to wait for a whole season of Maddie Beneers. He looked pretty good for Seattle, but <clears> – <throat> Yeah, you don't have to be that good to look pretty good for Seattle. I think their top score – who was their top score? Wen, Wenberg? On that maybe. Yeah, it was Alex Wenberg. Yeah. Boring season. Boring franchise. Yeah. Oh, franchise. Oh, franchise. They did not get the Vegas hype. That is for sure. They could have picked a lot. Vladimir Tarasenko was available to them. And, uh, and Carey Price. But, uh, you know, Jason Tech. Jason Bader, assistant GM there. So that's is he really? Is yep. that true? Mm-hmm. Wow! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I didn't have very high hopes the second I saw that hiring. All right. Yeah. Quickly onto the attendees, we got Craig Anderson, finished seventeen twelve and two with a .897 save percentage. Kept us in a lot of games. Yeah. Um. Beginning of the year, he looked like Dominic Hasek. Just kidding, but he looked insane. He was doing very well. He had well over a 0.9 save percentage, but 
he got injured, and then that's when the team kind of started falling apart. You know how we always start off hot, and then injuries kind of took over. And he came back, and he he really didn't look horrible when he came back. He had some flukes, but he's 41 years old playing goalie in the National Hockey League. So credit where credit's due. He was good for us. Good locker room guy. Don't bring him back. I'm sorry. If you give him like a management for me, don't bring him back. Get new goalies. Move on. Don't is there? He's gonna be 41, turning 42 next season. That is a disaster. You cannot have young players. Oh, I get it. I get it. You're ageist. I got it. Yeah. All right. We am. I'm glad our listeners know that now. Yes, they got it. They got the whole picture. Good. Sign Craig Anderson. Dude, <laughs> one no. year. One year. Why? Why? Well, he was our best goalie. Oh, just Third goalie. I, I'm a, if we can't win the Campbell for uh, sweepstakes, because a lot of teams are going to want Jack Campbell. Edmonton. Yeah, is gonna be a, he's going to be asking for money. He's asking, I heard it was like around $6 million. He's asking for money. He wants term and he wants money. Edmund, I don't know if Edmonton's got money to give him. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at their cap friendly in a while. I think they're pretty tied up with – with funds, especially paying Darnell Nurse and wanting to pay Evander Kane. Oh my God, who's gonna be their goalie? Sad. I'd I'd rather be us than them. I'll tell you that. Uh, I know they got uh, when McDavid has enough. They they were oh my Western Conference Final, but they got swept. Yeah, decisively. Yeah, they were pretty beat up, and then they didn't really have much else. But everyone's beat up. Colorado's beat up right now. They're just too drunk to feel anything right now. <laughs> All right, moving on. Dustin Karski, 10, 12, and 5, 8, 9, 9, save percentage. Don't come back. Get him he out of here. Calgary, Calgary Flames. That is – He did shut out Calgary. He had that, like, diving save. I forgot against what team. I think it was it was that same Calgary game. He had a diving save across the crease. But um, other than that, I don't think – my man can compete in high school hockey. No offense. I'm sorry. Oh, he he dominate high school. I don't know about like collegiate. I don't. But... <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it for the team. I mean, we we missed out on Malcolm Subban. I don't really have stats here. He, he played like two games for us, but bring Same him back. national anthem. Yeah, great, I'm a great part. locker room guy. Great person. Seems All like he's got a starter. He was very good on Vegas in their inaugural season, so I, I'd be very okay with having him two or three. Yeah, we're just gonna have to see where this offseason pans out because on, honestly, we have we we have, everything's a question mark right now where a lot of guys are going. So yeah, you're assuming that Lukanen is your backup goalie, then you need a starting goalie and you need two Rochester goalies unless you're bringing back Michael Hauser. So I Subban. might be okay with that. Hauser role third goalie, and then get a backup because Lukanen and Levi. We'll talk about them, but they are not coming this coming season. So, all right, I thought we'd talk about real quick Renato's first full season as a head coach. Out of um, ten, I give it yeah eight point six. I'm at an eight point three, so not very far off, but um. You just uh, what's the fucking show? Deal or no? No, it's not deal or no deal. Price is right. You just price is right me. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I I mean, the record is the record, so you can't just 
you know, give him a 10. But right. Dude is he impressed. He did a good job. Um he definitely gets that room together. He gets them to love each other. He gets them to just play for each other. And it's not something we've seen and it's the players praise him like crazy. Donnie Meatballs. If you got a name like Donnie Meatballs, you're yeah. You're the guy, even though that name is kind of washed out now. But I'm over it. Yeah. After the Sabres, do the guys call him that, or does just Twitter call him that? Meme, and then the Sabres like social called like posted like a when they were taking off his interim tag on his desk thing, and they put a plate meatballs. Meatballs. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts to uh, building a winning team because his whole goal has been fixing a losing team. Eventually, there's going to be hopefully playoff games and situations where you need guys to win. It's not going to be like a hockey guy too. He loves hockey. If you ever hear his like interviews with like you like the instigators or just like anything, he just loves hockey. So he just seems like a great guy. He has us team have fun, and uh, he does. He's not afraid to get feisty. I love when they pan over him and he's screaming at the refs or something, and it's just it's just funny. So. Great season for Don. First full season. Uh, definitely hope that things improve this year. Hopefully the roster he's given is not horrendous. But, yeah, not not bad at all. All right. And we'll talk about the Amherst quick. Obviously, Jack Quinn wins the Rookie of the Year, having well over a point per game. He had 21, 26 goals and 61 points in 45 games played. But the thing is with that, in the playoffs, he had two assists in 10 games, which was kind of odd. I think teams shut him down. They know he's the sniper on the side that will just carry this team. But instead, another young stud in J.J. Paterka, who finished the season with 28 goals and 68 points in 70 games, almost carried the Amherst in the playoffs with seven goals and 12 points. So I great seasons for both of them. Um, they definitely blew expectations in the playoffs. They weren't even supposed to make the playoffs at the end, and they got in at, like, the smallest percentage due to the Marlies. But, um, yeah, good for them. Good year. They got to experience some playoffs, and hopefully they will be up here next year and there's no Cody Eakins taking their spot. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Down there, you had Uka Pekalukinen, who is made of glass. He had an NHL record of 2-5-2 with a 9-1-7 save percentage. He was very good in the NHL, which was very surprising due to his AHL record being 14-14-6 with a 900 save percentage, which isn't horrible. But there has been times where fans were calling for his head due to inconsistency or just letting in some flukes. But um, hopefully this coming season he gets a chance in the NHL. He proves himself and – we have something to look forward to while Levi and Portillo marinate in the NCAA. Anything else on Rochester you got? Um, no. You pretty much summed it up. A uh, lot of lot of unsung guys in Rochester. You got Linus Westbach, who also had a pretty good season. Um, we Brett, bring in a Brett Murray. I do. I like Brett Murray a lot. He is someone that I'd like as like the thirteenth forward on this team. I Big want tall him- guy. Uh, he's big, strong guy. Yeah, why not? 
But yeah, other than that, good year for Rochester. They made the playoffs. That horrible playoff format. Don't even want to talk about that. But. I didn't even understand it. It was so AHL makes it so hard to enjoy their they changed their product the too, too. So they don't have like a good. You have to buy the AHL. Uh, I could just they watch don't have like a provider. It's 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 rickety. So you, I tried everything to find like an illegal stream online to watch the playoff games. I refuse to pay money for it. But um, eh, oh well. Maybe we'll have yeah. to edit that out so people don't know we break the law. Oh, yeah. I illegally streamed every Sabres game I watched this year. Me as well, yes. <laughs> I do not have cable. Um, we'll get on to a little bit of news that the Sabres had with their prospects. They signed Alexander Kisikov, Isaac Rosen, Philip Cedarquist, and Olivier Nadeau to all of their ELCs. So hopefully – we can get these guys in Rochester because a big question mark in Rochester was who the hell is going to play for them. But if you can get these guys in North America, that'd be huge. Um, uh, Rosine or Rosen, I'm pretty sure it's Rosine. He Isaac Rosine. There's a chance he's back in Sweden this year. But you'll never know until it's done. So we'll see how training camp goes. I think he wants – his goal is to make the team, which I believe is everyone's goal. But with how packed it is, I do not believe that will be happening. Uh, and then for our players who did not sign, Devin Levi, Eric Portillo, and Ryan Johnson. Levi, he is seen as like our goalie of the future. He is putting up unreal numbers in the NCAA. Uh, Nominated Eric, for the Hobie Baker. Yeah. And then Eric Portillo, who is older and was expected to sign this year, is going back to Michigan. For one, his he's trying to get his degree, so can't hate him for that. If he's, but the thing with college free agents is they don't have to sign here, so he right. could walk out of here. And then same thing goes for Ryan Johnson. He was a first round pick with that pick from the O'Reilly trade. So, I mean, he looks pretty good. Solid offensive defenseman plays the right side as well. He's a lefty, and um, yeah, he's. Pretty good, but I just don't think he wants to come here. He's going back to school as well. So if I am Kevin Adams this season, I my two main trade ships are Johnson and Portillo. Mm-hmm. There is this no is there is no guarantee those guys are coming here. Johnson is no matter what worth a se- a late second round pick because since there's a rule with um if you draft a college player in first round and he does not sign with you, you get that pick in the second round the year after he doesn't sign. So basically. Mm-hmm. Johnson's value, I guess you can say, is a late second. So get what you can. I don't think they're coming here. There's no room for Johnson anyway. The left side on our defense is stacked. And then Portillo, he's going to have to compete with Lukanen and Levi, so I don't think he'd want to come here anyway. So get what you can for those guys. I I think they're just not coming here. And uh, blockbuster trade news. The Sabres have acquired Ben Bishop. (laughs) <laughs> and a seventh round pick for our favorite future considerations. So, how do you feel about we need that? To hit, we need to hit the cap floor, but I mean, uh, Arizona does it. it. Everyone meddles with the cap. Teams at the top do it. Tampa does. Every, the cap doesn't mean anything. It you we got guys who aren't gonna be playing hockey at all this year yeah. under our pay. So. Got hit the cap floor, got 
too much money, which is never a bad problem to have, especially when you're a growing young team like we are with the building culture. So, yeah, we need, we need the money. He's, he's got the money in his contract. Fine. Yeah, and getting, both of us. getting to the money, uh, uh, I think it was Darren Dreger came out and said that the Sabres are looking to get a top – looking for top six forward, bottom six forward, a defenseman, and a goalie. So we are just looking for everything, um, right. which is kind of surprising they said top six forward, only because his kind of like game plan has been build within, don't trade everything, you know what I mean? But if they're mm-hmm. going for top six forward, you can't just get that without – I mean, they do have three first-round picks, but the likeliness of not trading a roster player – for that is slim and players that come to mind are Middlestat Olsen. Those are their yeah, two. Because I, I consider Olsen a top six forward at his best easily. I really like this year's draft. So I'm I really want to keep nine and sixteen. The Sabres, especially if the pieces fall to us. So if you can somehow acquire a top six forward as in which I would really enjoy Alex to bring it or PLD. Yeah, I'm all for it. If you can somehow package 28, we got like a bunch of seconds this year, next year, Olsen, Middlestat, you got Johnson and Portillo. If you can make it work, make it work. I'm all for it. I mean, <clears throat> PLD would be a perfect first line center on this team or even second. Him and Tage can rotate. You need a guy like PLD. His game is what a playoff team needs, and so he is definitely my favorite target for this offseason. You got anyone you really want? Um, Yeah, I've said him a few times, just Jesse Pugliarvi. I mean, just the stat that uh, the chances he creates. The Edmonton does People in Edmonton who don't really pay attention to see he's not scoring or putting up as many points as he should playing with McDavid, but – there's another thing. He's there's like it's like proven he's not just a product of McDavid. Like when he plays, yeah. his numbers are also very good. Yeah, he makes the team on whatever team, whatever line on the ice is out there with them, he makes better and gives them more opportunities to score. So just having that and yeah, a, a guy like Jesse Puyarvi and that video of him with uh, uh, I'm at I'm at the zoo uh, with a nice bison that would that would go great here. People would love that. We'd eat that up. So. Him definitely, Jack Campbell. I would love. I'd love to see in that he Vesna Vesna numbers in the beginning of the season. Uh, Toronto had a big big issues with their goalie. They had uh, Peter Mrazek playing. Peter Mrazek played the Heritage Classic, and he was just letting in horrible goals that. Yeah. NHL goalies shouldn't be letting in, and Toronto struggled with that for a while. Campbell was an All Star, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Him and sign me up for him. I mean, yeah, he's going to have a lot of GMs calling his agent. Edmonton, hopefully one of them. Um, who else could I see? I could see a team like Colorado going for him too. Uh, a free agent that's on Colorado that's won the cup that would actually interest me is uh, Nishushkin, the Russian. Yeah. We have, a couple, we have a couple Russian guys in our system that don't – that would probably need like a mentorship here. They so. need a Russian daddy. Yeah. <laughs> that's a Russian daddy. Yeah, and he's proved he's solid. He's going to get paid. Yeah. He's and we have the money. So him and another team that I think we could take advantage of again is the Philadelphia Flyers. They got oh, yeah. guys like Travis Konechny, 
who are, I feel like, would just completely excel in the playoffs. And then you got a guy I really like and which makes way too much sense for the Sabres, and nobody talks about it, Joel Farabee. He's from Syracuse. He knows Tuck. He would fit the culture perfectly. He's a stud. I like him a lot. First-round pick. He works for me, and with the way the people that Philly's got in their office, I'm not surprised we can get him for a good price. So, Oh, yeah. But they will- traded a first-round pick for Rasmus Ristolainen. A few Google searches debunks all of why you shouldn't do – like why you should do that. a five-year extension. It, it's ridiculous. It's, it's great for us. The Isaac Rosen's a product of that, so hopefully that pans out for both of us in the long run. They got a big stud defenseman. In and orange now. Well, we got a good second rounder that's going to be like a top of the second round. I think it's next year. And they're hagging that too. Philly's trinity right now is John Tortorella, Gritty, and Rasmus Ristolainen. It is going to be a shit show there all year. They have – they have Tortorella, I saw somewhere Tortorella is either going to love Ristolainen or hate him, and either way it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my kind of old-school hockey. Breaks his stick over Zegers' knee if he goes for the Michigan. <laughs> I hope I hope when they face Anaheim, Zegers doesn't Michigan against them. Just so Tortorella shits his pants. Oh, that post game would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, having fun. They're doing guild things in this league. What the? Uh, f- evolving the game. I personally, if the Sabres somehow ended up with Tortorella behind the bench, I would be furious. But I feel like Tortorella is someone that I want in the league, just not on my team. Yeah, he's a personality. I I liked him in – was he on ESPN? Is he on ESPN TNT or whatever. He was one of the guys, and they would just have – he didn't even like saying them. They just had him say, like, stupid stuff. He'd be like, I know I'm wrong, but – No, no, be – be be mad about it. Don't cower over about it. It was just, I felt bad for the guy, but now he's back behind the bench. So we'll see what he does with the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't have any hopes for that team. They're going to be a 29-30, 31-32 team. Again. Move on. And again. Finish this off. You got any targets for, I guess you can say, a right defenseman? doesn't necessarily have to be a right-handed defenseman, but they have to play on the right side. Next to Owen Power. Um, Mayfield from the Islanders, big, strong guy, big, tough defenseman, defensive defenseman. I'd like to see him play with Power. I I honestly think, uh, I mean, if we can't, we're, we're de- defenseman, I think, is number one on Kevin Adams' list to play with Power. Yeah. Because I, I honestly wouldn't mind Samuelson playing with Power and Dallin playing with someone else, but. Samuel don't left and Powers on the left. I think Power can handle the right, but he's just so new to this league that they want to let him come in smoothly on the left side, not pressure him too much. So, but yeah, but I haven't been keeping too many targets in mind. I I'll leave that up to Kevin Adams, and hopefully he brings in something good. I trust him. I think I think he's the GM that the Sabers are going to do, which I'm. Not the biggest fan of, but PK Subban seems to be the name. Guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. PK Su, yeah, PK Subban. There I mean, sure, if if it's no more than two years, and the price doesn't matter, but it's he's he's someone where it's just like, I don't know. 
he seems like a like a someone from the past. He's not his old self anymore. I mean, mm. his numbers, his underlying numbers with New Jersey were pretty good last year, which is surprising. But he's not playing on a very good team, a very good goalie yeah. team. So, yeah, I'd, I'd accept PK Subban. He'd probably be a great personality to add in that locker room, and yeah, and with and Malcolm in the yeah. organization too. But my dream target is Radko Gudis in Florida. I mean, if you can get him out and then maybe take on a contract like Patrick Hornquist, get some cap relief for Florida because they are going to need it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe something like that. Save yourself some assets. Get yourself – you can even flip Hornquist after, retain some salary. So right. definitely a lot of things we can do at that position. Um, yeah. Um, to finish off the episode – uh, yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say we gotta gotta wrap up a, a bit soon. Uh, we appreciate anyone listening. Obviously, being a new podcast about the Sabers, obviously you're not gonna perk a lot of ears, but we appreciate those who did listen all the way through. And we'll be back. We're we're hoping to do two to three times a week for you guys. Have a pretty consistent schedule. Bring you guys some different content that's not just podcast. Hopefully, this week or the next week, we're gonna be doing uh, Sabers all time draft. Me and Antonio will go head-to-head drafting a roster based on old Sabres players, current, whenever. So, And then we'll be playing those teams on a NHL, and we'll see who comes out. We're putting yeah. a grand each on the line. So. Yeah. All right, before we end it, just uh, want to congratulate Ryan Miller. Numbers going up in the rafters. Good for him. Obviously, pretty sure he's the best American goaltender all time at least statistically so yeah sadly yeah. the second best savers goalie because yeah that's how, even how good dominic kasik was you gotta feel bad for marty baron he's just he was insane too and he didn't get the love because of using some shadows here but good for ryan miller very happy for him the video was emotional uh, i'll definitely try going to that game next year when i do it they'll definitely oh yeah ceremony good way to pack the barn but yeah, yeah, they should just retire a bunch of like fan favorites, like 10, 10 games this season, just to get some sellouts. Yeah, that Rick Jenner game was awesome because we went to a few games, mm-hmm. and just the crickets in that building is gross. It's just gross. It makes me feel I want to go home. It's like boring. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it saber tooth banging a drum for no one. Like, if... at least they got rid of DJ Milk. Is that his name? I have no idea what his name was. They they got rid of that and they replaced it with like a live band, which I actually kind of thought was pretty cool. So. Yeah, they let they had a couple local bands, Nerds Gone Wild. Shout out, uh, they were there a few games and they rotated them out. It was it's nice having live music, but when you're playing for no one, it's tough to get the crowd into it. So they did their best. Right. Start winning games. That's all I gotta say. If they if they start winning games and go above five hundred and do that consistently, no problem selling that crowd out. At zero problem. There's hockey fans will crawl out of the deepest depths of Buffalo, yeah. and it'll be just how it will make Bills Mafia look like a joke. <laughs> no, not probably not. Probably not to that extent, but <laughs> you'll sell out. You'll sell out the building, no problem. Yeah. All right. It looks like right. the end of our first ever episode of the Goat Heads Podcast. Thank you to all who are listening. Uh, we will be back soon. We don't really have a schedule planned out yet, but once things are 
kind of going this off season. We'll definitely have some sort of schedule and plan. So just check us out on social media at the Goat Heads Pod. I'll keep you all updated when we post. Yep. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you.